become aware become aware become aware become aware become aware become aware here's another one of these civic customs swearing on the bible you understand that shit they tell you to raise your right hand place your left hand on the bible does this stuff really matter which hand does god really give a fuck about details like this suppose you put your right hand in the bible you raise your left hand would that count or would god say sorry wrong hand try again and what why does one hand have to be raised what is the magic in this gesture this seems like some sort of a primitive voodoo mojo shtick why not put your left hand on the bible let your right hand hang down by your side it's more natural or put it in your pocket remember what your mother used to say don't put your hands in your pockets does she know something we don't know is this hand shit really important but let's get back to the Bible, America's favorite national theatrical prop. <laughs> Suppose the Bible they hand you to swear on is upside down, or backward, or both, and you swear to tell the truth on an upside down backward Bible. Would that count? Suppose the Bible they hand you is an old Bible and half the pages are missing. Suppose all they have is a Chinese Bible in an American court or a braille bible and you're not blind <laughs> suppose they hand you an upside down backward chinese braille bible with half the pages missing <laughs> at what point does all of this stuff just break down and become just a lot of stupid shit that somebody made up they fucking made it up folks it's make-believe it's make-believe now all right Okay. Let's leave the Bible aside. We'll get back to the science fiction reading later. The more important question is, what is the big deal about swearing to God in the first place? Why does swearing to God mean you're going to tell the truth? Wouldn't affect me. If they said to me, you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you, God, I'd say, yeah. I'll tell you about as much truth as the people who wrote that fucking Bible. How do you like that? Huh? Huh? Swearing on the Bible doesn't mean anything. It's, it's kid. Swearing to God is kid stuff. Did you know, you ever, remember when you were a kid, if you, if you told another kid something he didn't quite believe, he'd say, you swear to God? I would always say, yeah, I swear to God. Even if I was lying. Why not? What's going to happen if I lie? Nothing. Nothing happens if you lie. Unless you get caught and that's a whole different story. Sometimes a kid would think he was being slick with me and he'd say, you swear on your mother's grave? I'd say, yeah. Why not? First of all, my mother was alive. She didn't even have a grave. Second of all, even if she was dead, what's she going to do? Rise from the grave and come and haunt me? Come and haunt me? All because I told a lie to an eight-year-old? Get fucking real, will you? Sometimes I would say, I swear on my mother's tits. Kids are impressed with things like that. I mean, I don't care about my mother's tits either. I don't care if they fell off. Fuck her. Not my problem. They're your tits, Ma. You keep an eye on them. 
Swearing to God doesn't mean anything. Swearing on the Bible doesn't mean anything. You know why? Because Bible or no Bible, God or no God, if it suits their purposes, people are going to lie in court. The police do it all the time. All the time. Yes, they do. It's part of their job to protect, to serve, and to commit perjury whenever it supports the state's case. Swearing on the Bible is just one more way of controlling people and keeping them in line, and it's one more thing that holds us back as a species. Here's one more item for you, the last in our civics book, rights. Boy, everyone in this country's always running around yammering about their fucking rights. I have a right, you have no right, we have a right, they don't have a right. Folks, I hate to spoil your fun, but there's no such thing as rights, okay? They're imaginary. We made them up, like the boogeyman. <laughs> the three little pigs, Pinocchio, Mother Goose, shit like that. Rights are an idea. They're just imaginary. They're a cute idea. Cute. But that's all cute and fictional. But if you think you do have rights, let me ask you this. Where do they come from? People say, well, they come from God. They're God-given rights. Oh, fuck. Here we go again. Here we go again. The God excuse. The last refuge of a man with no answers and no argument. It came from God. Anything we can't describe must have come from God. Personally, folks, I believe that if your rights came from God, he would have given you the right to some food every day, and he would have given you the right to a roof over your head. God would have been looking out for you. God would have been looking out for you. You know that? He wouldn't have been worried about making sure you have a gun so you get drunk on Sunday night and kill your girlfriend's parents. But let's say it's true. Let's say God gave us these rights. Why would he give us a certain number of rights? The Bill of Rights in this country has 10 stipulations, okay? 10 rights. And apparently God was doing sloppy work that week because we've had to amend the Bill of Rights an additional 17 times. So God forgot a couple of things like slavery. Just fucking slipped his mind. But let's say Let's say God gave us the original 10. He gave the British 13. The British Bill of Rights has 13 stipulations. The Germans have 29. The Belgians have 25. The Swedish have only six. And some people in the world have no rights at all. What kind of a fucking goddamn God-given deal is that? No rights at all? Why would God give different people in different countries different numbers of different rights? Boredom? Amusement? Bad arithmetic? Do we find out at long last, after all this time, that God is weak in math skills? Doesn't sound like divine planning to me. Sounds more like human planning. Sounds more like one group trying to control another group. In other words, business as usual in America. Now, if you think you do have rights, one last assignment for you. Next time you're at the computer, get on the internet, go to Wikipedia. When you get to Wikipedia, in the search field for Wikipedia, I want you to type in Japanese Americans 1942, and you'll find out all about your precious fucking rights, okay? All right. You know about it. You know about it. Yeah. In 1942, there were 110,000 Japanese American citizens and good standing law abiding people who were thrown into internment camps simply because their parents were born in the wrong country. That's all they did wrong. They had no right to a lawyer, no right to a fair trial, no right to a jury of their peers, no right to due process of any kind. The only right they had, right this way. 
into the internment camps. Just when these American citizens needed their rights the most, their government took them away. And rights aren't rights if someone can take them away. They're privileges. That's all we've ever had in this country is a bill of temporary privileges. And if you read the news even badly, you know that every year the list gets shorter and shorter and shorter. You see how soon it is? Yeah. Sooner or later, the people in this country are going to realize the government does not give a fuck about them. Government doesn't care about you or your children or your rights or your welfare or your safety. It simply doesn't give a fuck about you. It's interested in its own power. That's the only thing. Keeping it and expanding it wherever possible. Personally, when it comes to rights, I think one of two things is true. I think either we have unlimited rights or we have no rights at all. Personally, I lean toward unlimited rights. I feel, for instance, I have the right to do anything I please. But if I do something you don't like, I think you have the right to kill me. So where are you going to find a fairer fucking deal than that? So the next time some asshole says to you, I have a right to my opinion, you say, oh yeah, well I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. Then shoot the fuck and walk away. Thank you. So that was uh, something really interesting that I thought I would share with you on this episode. Um, because I thought it, it showed in a way that was humorous on this bullshit that, that we think is real and, and true and should be and all this other stuff and there's so many other things like this like there's no way I'm going to be able to go over all of this right because there's so many different examples of this you can almost say that much of I, I argue about 85% of our ideas about things are myths, illusions, or just misunderstandings. Uh, and so I want to go over a couple of these because um, I think it, I think it would be interesting too to do a series like this, where I just go over like a bunch of different illusions like this. Um, and so this might be like episode one, Dip Dispelling Illusions episode one or something. Because I, th I think it's really interesting to me how these different ideas, these different uh, worldviews even, diverge and they, they have this idea that things are inherent and things are right or wrong or or whatever but honestly it's it's all just bull it's all just bullshit it's all just a way of trying to control things that they can't actually control but they don't realize they can't control so I want to go over a, a couple of these myths myself uh, we already saw a couple of them earlier today on this uh, episode with that little uh, clip I showed you 
And there's so many others. There's thousands of them, and there are so many of them that it's hard to get to all of them. So, first myth, first illusion is of stability. Stability is a myth. This idea that things are stable or permanent is a myth. I mean, nothing is honestly all that stable because any moment something could come and destroy that thing in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and we, we, we intuitively know this, right? But the, the mind doesn't seem to grasp this. In an in in unconscious way, it has this myth. Um, it plays out with our seeking things outside of us to make us happy. Which perpetuate, which perpetuate, perpetuates this myth of permanence within our subconscious mind, which isn't necessarily as rational as the conscious mind. Although honestly, the conscious mind isn't always always as that rational either. But that's another subject for another episode. The myth of security. Security doesn't exist. Because any moment that security can be threatened, and it, it, it will be threatened by something. Stability could be threatened by a rock falling from the sky, hitting you in the head, or hitting something you love and, uh, and destroying it in some way. Security could be threatened when you look to, you know, get all the security in it, and it fails because something happens and, you know, you, your money supply ends or something. All this, all this problem, uh, and the reason why I'm, I'm point, pointing out these two is because of the, the problem of unconscious uh, realities that we have in our minds without realizing we have this, like, these sub-realities. Not really realities, but it is the word I'm going to use. Constructed reality, I guess. That says that we have to be happy. We need to be happy. In order to be happy, we need this. And we don't really say this, necessarily. It doesn't necessarily be said like this. But, it, but it's acted out with things. You know, when things don't go our way, we get angry and... Whatever, and so it's unconsciously played out without realizing, realizing what's happening. Um, the myth of power, the myth of—it's uh, really interesting to me. And and by the way, I'm not calling for any of this at all. But um, it's really interesting to me that we have this idea that these people have power. But these people only like Congress or presidents, for instance. But these people only have power because we, <clears throat> one, either accept them in this idea of power, and so it's just an idea in our heads, uh, or we, you know, 
don't necessarily accept them, but we do accept the power, or we don't accept them or the power. But they, but they still have power because mo most people accept this idea of power and, and believe in this myth of power. Power doesn't exist. The only reason why it exists is because society says it exists. The only reason why these people have power is because society says these people have power. Um, and it goes back to the myth of security and stability and control as well, which I'm going to be going into as, as well. Uh, but I'm going into other things first. Um, this idea that money has value is a really interesting one because the only reason why the money has value is because we say it has value and part of it has to do with what the accepted opinions of others are and then we go okay that that means it has value but it only has value because of our accepted we accept it for some reason for survival reasons or whatever or you know it's accepted by society most of society There's this myth of power is really interesting because, you know, people might be like, oh man, these people have so much control and everything. But, you know, they can't even control their own Congress and their own, you know. I mean, for, for four years with Trump, I mean, he's supposed to be the most powerful man in the, in the country, right? But he couldn't even control his own party from... Um, giving up on him, you know, Mitch McConnell and others, and he couldn't control Congress from, you know, trying to impeach him, and he couldn't control a lot of the things that we think we can control. This whole idea of control is a myth for the most part. There's no control that's happening. Maybe what happens is that. Maybe you have an, you have an idea that this should be one one way, and then you do something based on that, and then maybe this thing actually happens the way that you want it to happen, and then maybe it doesn't. That's it, really. I mean, this whole the idea that we control things is an illusion, really. But I can I can control my body. I'm moving my body. Well, this goes back to the myth of the, the, the one mind or the mind as an entity, which I'm going to be going into in the, into this episode because it's really interesting to me. Uh, this myth of me that is that exists because um, really, if you think about it, the, the mind as one thing doesn't really exist. It doesn't really work this way. The mind is not like a it's not like something that you can feel or touch or see. It's it's more of a uh, an idea that we have. Oh, we have a mind. We have a body. There is a body, and there are thoughts. But that doesn't mean there is a mind. 
a mind implies entity, implies oneness, implies it. All of these thoughts are, I don't know, like encased in some kind of uh, thing called a mind. But that's not necessarily what's happening here. Um, uh, because if you if you really look at the mind, even within the own the mind itself, there is no one. There's multiple different thoughts, and they're always dividing, and they're always you know trying to control things and uh, in some way, shape, or form. The myth of the, the and and there's and the uh, overwhelming myth that that guides this is that there is a doer of thoughts. There's a thinker of thoughts, and that there's some kind of entity that's behind the thoughts. There's no there's no way there's no reason why that would be true. I mean, what exactly is is your proof for this? Your 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 answer is probably going to be like, "Oh, but I exist. I am here right now, David. You're so dumb. I'm I'm right here." But that's that's begging the question because uh, what you're doing is you're to try and prove that you exist. You look to yourself, or you look to others who say that you exist. Which then points back to you again, and so it's kind of like a circular uh, logic problem, where what you're doing is supporting your thoughts with your supposed identity, your your supposed entityness uh, that exists. This myth of one mind, for instance, uh, rather than it be just being a multitude of thoughts. There is no one mind. There is no one mind at all. There is no person having a body right now. There's no person moving this body. The body is moving because of thoughts or instincts. And and the thoughts and instincts are happening because of past experience or past... Uh, well, not experience, but past, uh, you know, habits or knowledge or survival or, or anything like this. And so there's no one mind here. There's nothing directing these thoughts. I think that's what Buddha and Buddhism means by this idea of the myth of self. But I could be wrong. I mean, there's probably more there, but... That's really what I think it means, honestly, because when you look at this idea of the, the mind as like this singular thing that exists, if you look at your thoughts, truly look without your, your ideas and your, your constructions and your understandings about what the mind is, you don't see a singular entity or a singular mind what you see are, are, are just thoughts. There's 
four or five different thoughts going on right now, maybe, in your head. Maybe one or two. And some of them are going to be on the same lines, right? But that doesn't mean there's an entity that says, Okay, this these are the thoughts I think. Or, this is the direction I'm going. They're just thoughts that are being thought. Maybe there's some intention there, but that intention is not guided or self-directed, necessarily. Uh, uh, so, I'm, that I'm going to almost make an episode about separately, because... It's something that I'm currently dealing with as, as, a, as a result of, of learning this. And so I'm going to go into other other things. Maybe I'll go into it more in the end of this episode. But So the myth of order. The myth that things have to be ordered. You know, that we can actually control things. Comes back to order as well. But this, this idea of order... It's such a it's such an interesting idea, right? Because when things that violate our ideas of order, it means that this idea of order doesn't exist. It, it exists as an idea, but it doesn't exist in actuality, in actual reality. We try and force it to be existing, but it doesn't mean it exists. Because we think we can control everything. And it's really interesting because... um, This whole idea of order... Really does perpetuate and keep going this idea of control that we we think we have. Um... And what's right or what's wrong. That's another one that's really a myth. Like that something is inherently right or wrong. Or good or bad. When in reality it's more based on your ideas, interpretations of what is happening. And what is true. And what needs to be true and what God exists. And this is another one. The myth myth of a personal God or any kind of God even really. If I want to be honest, uh, there's nothing that says that that's the way things are. And then, but but somebody, some religious person, but but there's the the Bible, God that wrote the Bible. But there's also there's different kinds of Bibles. There's the Quran. There's all kinds of different Bibles. That 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 whole idea that God is one way. Or even any way at all, is honestly it's it's kind of a a trap, and it also kind of perpetuates this idea of control, this myth of control that we we uh, perpetuate by having these cultural stories like God controlling everything from the sky, or that order, the natural order of things is control is controlled by God, or controlled by nature, or controlled by some kind of universal laws or something. Which are, you know, what, you know, inherent or whatever. Um, 
Now, there is some nuance with this one because I think th there are definitely uh, some... I wouldn't call them laws, though, because that makes it sound as if there's control happening, but there are some uh, principles of reality, I suppose, or not really principles, but um, kind of like ways that reality works that, you know, are kind of like order and laws, but aren't aren't coming from a place of suffering and aren't coming from a place of control it's uh, if you if you uh, want to know more about this you, it's more about like science it, 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 go, it gets closer to this than any other branch of uh, or field honestly because um, you know when, when science talks about anything it doesn't talk about it from a place of controlling things there's no necessarily controller, but there are uh, kind of like natural uh, ways in which things end up being. They kind of go and with with the least resistance type of like this idea that electricity follows the least resistance. For instance, um, it doesn't happen because there's somebody controlling it, but because it it's following a kind of idea or not an idea, but you know what works in, 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 the, in nature and in reality there's no part of the there's no uh, ruler of the universe or the universe itself is not going no you're not following this rule you're bad you're wrong you're stupid you need to follow this rule and then you know punishes this part of the universe it just naturally happens there's no controller What is the myth here is that we ourselves can control things and stop violence in some way, shape, or form, or that we must stop it, or that um, you know the, the the people in power and the government and all these all the, and, all, and law enforcement have a right to stop it. Or even should stop it, or can stop it, uh, or uh, it's inherent in nature to have a sort of uh, anthropomorphized idea of order that we think of as when, when we think of order and, and natural order, it's almost like an anthropomorphized, and it's more based on our ideas of order, and that's not necessarily how it works. I mean, there's things that violate that order every day. So it's a myth. It's an illusion. Ultimately. Even my idea of the Chaos Weaver is kind of an illusion, but it's mostly trying to point to uh, uh, a greater truth here, which is that, you know, chaos is order within... within the universe just because we think it's chaotic doesn't mean it is it doesn't mean that that violates the natural order of things or is commanded by God or 
is actually good or evil or whatever. It just is. And that the idea that we can actually control these things is, is on our part, kind of an arrogant thing. It's hubris. Um, because, you know, there are always going to be things that are going to be out of our control. I mean, we thought we think we can control the the weather, and we thought we could control the environment. We just made it worse. Uh, there's there's a one good line from the Tao, the Tao, the Tao teaching, which was that if you try and uh, control or uh, change uh, Earth in, in any way, or, or life in any way. I, I'm kind of paraphrasing it here, but but if you try and control or change life, or uh, Earth in any way, you'll ruin it. And that's what we're doing. We're ruining Earth because we're we're trying. We we have this idea, this mistaken idea, that we are able and and able to control nature and it also goes back to the myth that we are it's almost like we have this idea that we're not connected to nature and that we we are able to control nature uh, and that we're not we're not connected to nature in any way we're superior to it in a sense but that's not true. We're very connected to nature. Like if we lose all the trees tomorrow, if we lose all the water tomorrow, we're going to be affected because we're connected to nature in, in a lot of ways. We're connected to each other in the same way. You know, if somebody causes us violence or causes somebody we know or love violence, we're going to be affected in some way. You gotta be kidding. We we're, we're not separate. You know, if somebody does a kindness, even somebody that we don't know, and does it does a kindness to somebody we don't know, that ripples. Sometimes it can spread, and then it goes to you, and then it goes to others, and and then it can kind of like created a thing itself the idea of justice is a myth the particular understandings of justice that we have in society like oh justice is blind it 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 knows no bias or you know whatever that kind of bullshit lie is you know justice that's necessary it works and, and all this stuff number one it's not blind it's never been blind it's not ever going to be blind it has biases usually biases towards the prosecution's case and that's not going to change anytime soon as for it being necessary that's not necessarily true either or right, that's not necessarily true either, because there are things that are considered to be right, or you know, not necessarily wrong, 
that are still prosecuted. I mean, to this day, despite the fact that we know that there's no harm done by doing this, people are prosecuted for smoking plants, while other people are not prosecuted for smoking different plants. Both of these plants do something for uh, do something to the body, but one of these plants is actually more harmful than the other plant, and this plant is actually legal. But it's considered to be right, in a sense, according to justice, according to the law. This idea that the law is something that's correct and good is not necessarily true. It's ridiculous. I mean, wh wh why is one plant that actually helps people can and, uh, and can and does help people more harm more uh, illegal than another one? It's arbitrary. That's another thing that's a myth. This idea that things are good or bad inherently. That sex is bad. That drugs are bad. That uh, marijuana is bad for people. Or that, you know, killing people is bad. Or whatever it is. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. Because... Sex is not bad. It's not good. It's just something that is. Marijuana is not bad. It's not good. It's just something that is. And actually, marijuana is safer than uh, a beverage that many people drink called alcohol. It's safer. Alcohol makes people um, lose inhibitions and makes them more violent causes serious accidents. Marijuana can cause accidents if you're on the road, but does not cause violence. If anything, people on marijuana is going to be lazy and they're going to be more peaceful and they're not going to be violent. But one is legal and perfectly normal while another is not. stupid. It's so dumb. It's all arbitrary. It's not based on what is true or correct. Because if it were, punishment would not be something that we're doing right now. But we are. For stupid things, too. This idea that the government is, um, you know, somehow cares about you or cares about safety or any of this crap. It's so ridiculous. I mean, people like Snowden and Assange who actually helped put out things that actually showed the truth of what the government was actually doing. For, for, uh, Snowden is definitely a good example. Um, are being prosecuted or trying to be prosecuted and, and forced out and 
into the open to be prosecuted for showing people the truth of the government's ways. But yet, people, that's, that's another one too, this idea that people who lie in court, you know, are, are going to go to prison. That's ridiculous too. That's not true. It's only true in certain, in, if you're not rich, if you're not part of the institution itself. I mean, there's literally instances of, um, I think it's, I don't know how true it is actually, but I'm pretty sure there, there's, there was, uh, the, the CIA, uh, I think it was Clapper, but I'm not sure, but he lied, literally lied in court in front of Congress. Nothing happened to him. Nothing's happening. I think he's in media, for God's sakes. Um, that, was, that was a good point that was made a couple of years ago about um, how, how did it go? trying to remember because it was a really interesting point um, about because you know the, the idea that justice is blind is so stupid and so inaccurate uh, so while they're in re- investigating Russia and Trump uh, this, this character Masood or whatever his name was was investigated he, he was uh, <clears throat> asking questions or not, he, he was uh, answering questions. And he told them about this. Um, what was it? I'm trying to remember it properly, but... Basically, he was in, involved in a bunch of other stuff. And... They knew this. I think. I think he was. He even said it. And uh, I, I forget exactly how it went. So it's not just. A, it's not the same thing. But there are cases of people who lie, quite literally lied, and and never and got away with it. And people knew they lied. And people pointed it out multiple times. I mean, people think. I mean, a good example is like George Bush lied about start uh, about the weapons of mass destruction, but instead of getting us out of the war, after realizing this, no, we didn't do that. Why? Why not end the war that caused the uh, if, if justice is blind that uh, caught that and it was caused by a lie, ultimately. Why not arrest the person who created a lie? I mean, sure, maybe he didn't know. Fine, but then end the war. End it. It was based on a lie. It was based on inaccurate information. And <clears throat> you know, this the Patriot Act was unconstitutional. This is another one, the myth of rights that you know George Carlin talked about. So stupid, but yeah, there's there's multiple instances of people lying and getting away with it, and the people knew they lied. 
I mean, for God's sake, like two years ago, I think it was. Maybe it was three years ago. Uh, you know, Jack Dorsey from Twitter literally lied in court, and others, like Facebook, literally lied in court and said there was no censorship. And we know there's censorship. There's There's been censorship then, and there's censorship now. We know they lied. You tell me they're not biased. That's a lie. Everybody's biased in some way or shape or form. I'm biased. They're biased. You're probably biased. Everybody is going to be biased in some way. The only difference between them and me is how I'll admit, I'll admit it. I'll tell you. I'm here to tell you the truth. I'm not here to just give you a bunch of bullshit and say, Oh, I'm not guilty of any of this. Because then I would be no better than these people. I would not be making episodes if I was... You know, if I wanted to make episodes like that, then I would have made episodes about... I don't know, like Minecraft. I would be on YouTube making video game episodes. And getting millions of views, making millions of dollars a year. Or I could sell you a bunch of fake success stuff. Um... And made millions of dollars. I mean, people are making millions of dollars by conning people. This is another one, too. I, I know this is going to rub some people the wrong way, but this is really an interesting one because um, and, and they make those, there's a couple of people who, people who made a really good point about this, right? And there is, a, is an argument to be made. There's some nuances here, but uh, it's really interesting to me how these people who seemingly had all this success are charging people hundreds of dollars to get these plans and, and whatnot. And they're making, they said, oh yeah, we're making millions of dollars and, and all this bullshit. And it's like, if you, if you have all this success, you have millions of dollars. Some of them have tens, hundreds of, hundreds of millions of dollars. Why are you charging people hundreds of dollars to uh, for this product to get them success? If you're if you're really uh, if your product is so good, why not give people an opportunity to uh, do this for themselves without charging hundreds of dollars you know for people who can't afford that people can't afford that some people can If for those who can that's one thing but um, for those who can it's, it's like and for, and for those who can too, it's like, you know, if you're if you're making millions of dollars on the side, besides this, why are you charging so much money and why are you uh, doing this? There are some nuances here, right? Because you know, I understand making money 
and I understand that you have to charge a little bit and, and whatnot, but it's funny to some some of these people are charging thousands of dollars to be to coach and these people and and success and, and things like this. And chances are these people who are be trying to be coached into getting more success and whatever aren't themselves successful and are, you know, struggling in some way. Or maybe they are and they're trying to get more. You know, that's a different story. And that's a different audience and that's a totally different thing. But not everybody's going to be in that crowd. And so you're, you know, if you're if you're really into success... I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting that you you would charge people to coach is one thing, right? But you you charge people hundreds hundreds of dollars for a pre-recorded uh, thing that isn't necessarily you know going to be helping people. You know, there's there's a lot of scams involved with this whole success stuff. Um, and it's, and sometimes it, it, it kind of boils into the self-help stuff as well but um, this whole myth of control and, and of all this stuff it boils down to why people suffer you know the reason why there's so much suffering isn't because there's Think bad things in the world and things are wrong and all this stuff. It's because we have this idea, this this myth, that we can control things and that things make us happy. So we may, must get these things and because and uh, you know it can and perpetuates this myth of uh, stability and permanence and security and control. The four basic myth myths I think make up much of people's daily lives. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get, you know, money to survive and stuff like that. It's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing that to to make you happy, getting things to make you happy. Relying on impermanent things to to give you some kind of permanency, some, some kind of stability, some kind of security is ultimately the, the reason why you, you suffer. Also... The, the other part of this is interpretation as well. Interpretation of what is real, what is true, makes you suffer. When, when that thing then take, when when that thing ends or changes or or whatever, then you start losing the uh, thing or whatever, and then you start suffering. That's going to happen. Nothing out there can bring you happiness. It may bring you happiness for a, a day, a week, a month. At, at most, it's probably going to be like a couple months, and it's going to leave you, or that happiness is going to fade, and so you're going to be looking for something else, like a parasite. It's honestly very parasitic. Um, but I think I'll end it for now. I might make another episode about this later on you know maybe in a couple weeks or something but anyways this is david speaks i'm gonna talk to the next episode